0: Byron Tyler here at the 2023 PCA Presbyterian Churches in America, their General Assembly, downtown Memphis, across not only the United States, but across the world. I'm meeting people from all over that have come here to Memphis, Tennessee, where we're broadcasting this program. And we've been meeting some wonderful guests in ministries. And I want to introduce you to a new lady friend I just met here. I'm excited to talk to you about the ministry. But Denine is with us. Denine Blevins. Denine has a ministry. And Deneen, I have never heard of a ministry called Paracleo. So I'm really intrigued by the title and first of all, you have a wonderful smiling face and it just lights you. up. Your old face lights up when we're talking here. Uh, is this your first time in Memphis, Tennessee?
1: No, actually, I met my husband for the second time here in Memphis, Tennessee, about seven and a half years ago. So we're both here and it's like we're, we've been reliving our first date and the first time we prayed together. And it's been really fun.
0: So there's something magical about Memphis. That's right. Oh, I love that. <laughs> You said the first time you prayed together.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So you actually remember that you and your husband prayed. Was it your first date?
1: It was the second time that we had seen each other. Um, So, yeah, maybe our first or second date.
0: Where we are right now, we're at the Renaissance Convention Center in downtown Memphis. And just up Riverside Drive back in 1982, I guess it was, I took my wife on a date. It was our first date. Oh. The sun was starting to set on the river Mississippi out here, which is just right outside our doors. We sat there and we sang some hymns together. I played my harmonica. Wow. I played uh, Mighty Fortress uh, on my harmonica. It's about the only song I could play. And we prayed and watched the sunset.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. So it must have
0: been something must have happened there too, right?
1: It's this Memphis air, I guess. That's
0: right. So is there anything about the Memphis food, I mean, that you enjoy? Maybe the barbecue? Have you had any real? Now, I'll just say this they're serving barbecue here at this convention
1: it's probably not the same it's
0: not the same i don't know this they must be importing that from the north or you know somewhere (laughs) well be
1: careful because i am a northerner so (laughs) but you're probably right no
0: maybe well listen we always have a a kind of a competition friendly with our friends in kansas city which is where bot radio network is headquartered and they're always boasting about kansas city barbecue Mm -hmm. and it can't be any better than memphis so where are you from
1: I'm originally from New York. I was born in Queens, New York, lived in upstate for a while, but have lived down south for a good part of my adult life.
0: You know, it's always exciting when somebody from the south can meet somebody from New York City. And it really is because I've always been intrigued by New York City. Mm -hmm. I've only been there one time and we were passing through With a group of youth from our church coming Mm -hmm. back from Washington D.C., we spent a couple weeks doing VBS and the projects, and worked our way back. One day, had a tour, and it was the cheesiest thing. I mean, cheesiest thing. Let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Now, riding the ferry across Staten Island, going to the Statue of Liberty, that was very nice. Yeah. And had a coney dog there Mm -hmm. on the island, but then we went to Chinatown, and they took us up these steps. And he went into like a, a Buddhist temple when somebody rang a bell a couple of times and they said, we're this way. And we went into a gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it was back on the bus and then we were back coming to New Memphis York again. New York
1: is a magical place and you did not get to experience it. By I I'm, I'm so saying. sorry.
0: I've been wanting to go to Junior's Cheesecake. Oh, okay. Oh, it's the best. See, you've experienced things I haven't experienced yet, but I am a faithful follower on Instagram to that place. And I look at those amazing desserts.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, you can order a Junior's Cheesecake online and really? have it delivered to your house. For the low, low price of hundred bucks. No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. Well hey, listen, next time you come to Memphis, maybe we can work out a deal, you can bring some juniors That'll with work. you. We'll make it work. Okay, so enough of all this. So you and your husband have this ministry, Paracleo. No, you don't have not this ministry. My husband. Not your husband. This is yes. something you're doing.
1: Right. I serve as the executive director of a ministry. It's a nonprofit organization called Paracaleo.
0: Okay, Paracaleo. So your husband has no involvement in the ministry. He does not. Okay. <laughs> he, he
1: has his, works with a different ministry.
0: Okay. Yeah. okay. What kind of ministry does he work in?
1: Yeah, so he is, in addition to being the director of missions at our church in Huntsville, Alabama, he also is the um, denominational liaison and coordinator for Mercy Ministries, within the PCA and he leads a ministry called the, the New City Network which walks alongside churches that are pursuing biblical mercy and justice in communities.
0: You guys stay busy.
1: Uh, we do and we we get to minister a lot together and we, there's a lot of overlap of what we do but we also have our separate um, ministries that we're de- de- dedicated to. Well
0: you mentioned how the two of you met. W- what about your journey with Christ? When did that begin for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Sure wow that About 20 years ago, I was living in Maryland and had a roommate who was a new believer. And um, she probably did all the things that you shouldn't do as a new believer. She um, was annoying and pressured me to go to church and um, pretty much threw the Bible in my face all the time. And that's actually what what the Lord used to open my eyes to grace. And so years later, I found myself in a solid Bible-believing, gospel-centered church that cared about not only the soul, but also about the body and um, taught how the gospel compels us to pursue the needs of people who are suffering the most in a way that was really honoring and rooted in justice. And that's how I became a Christian.
0: Danine, I love that. You know, so often we misunderstand, uh, don't misunderstand me here, but the, the power or the working of the gospel or the complete work of the gospel in a sense of, you know, the gospel is our salvation, Yes. grace, through faith, you know, in Christ that's alone, right. but it's also our sanctification. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. And, and it's also in our social relationships, yes. in our service and yes. all we do because it's all in Christ, yeah. right? And, and sometimes I think we, we miss that. We think that, well, the gospel salvation, that's one oh one and I move to other things, but no, the power. It's multifaceted. is it? Because there's nothing more powerful than the gospel. That's right. And we need that's it right. in every aspect of our lives. Yeah. So. Talk about this ministry, Paracleo, and just the, the birth of it and why you got involved.
1: Sure. Well, Paracleo was started by two women who were the wives of church planners. This was back in 2004. And they began to notice that some of their colleagues, some of the, the other fellow women, church planners' wives, had been experiencing a similar set of challenges, um, expectations from others. Uh, church planning is really a sort of a pressure cooker. So the pressure that they they experience, ambiguity around their roles. Their husbands had a more clear job description where they were expected to carry a lot of the weight of the ministry without any clarity about how to do that. And so these two women decided to create Um, a gospel-centered curriculum that helped women connect the truths, the biblical truths that they believed in their heads with the everyday experiences that they were facing in life and ministry. And so parakaleo means coming alongside and we walk alongside women in church planning to help them remain sustainable and spiritually healthy during this difficult season.
0: Well, as reflecting back in one of my Bible classes back in Bible college, referring to the Holy Spirit, too, yes. how he you know, comes alongside us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's such a wonderful way to put it, because I can see that. And you talk about the pressure cooker of being church planters. Yes. I mean, really jumping into the fire. That's right. Is it?
1: (laughs) It really is. So
0: for a wife, it's got to be different too. when you're trying to take care of a family and you're moving into a territory like church planting, because there's a lot of those who step into that role who are bivocational. Right. They don't have a a denomination or a, a church body necessarily that is going to support them or give them X amount of dollars to help offset expenses, mm-hmm. these men and women together are in the heat of doing life and family and also trying to, to start a church.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, well, it's interesting because um, I think women in church planning come into it in many different ways. Some of them, come in with a vision um, that's comparable to her husband's. I mean, I've met women that actually had the idea for starting the church in a particular area. Maybe it was her community in the first place. And together, they put together a plan. They create a strategy. She's very involved in it. And then once they get involved in the church, her role changes. And most of the focus is on the development and the care of the lead pastor, him. And she's sort of relegated to do more behind the scenes work. And so she's having to navigate a different dynamic because she's not supported. On the other hand, there are some women who come in and play just a supportive role. Maybe she's working full time and caring and providing for the family while he's executing the work of the church, and she's not as involved. And yet there's an expectation that she should be the ones taking care of the kids and kids ministry <laughs> yeah. or leading the women's ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so both women, um, with, the, with lack of clarity about what they're supposed to do, are expected to, to um, be, remain resilient during the season without much support. And so this is where Parakaleo steps in and provides that care and spiritual renewal.
0: What have been some of the challenges for you personally as you lead this organization?
1: Yeah, well, first I'll say I'm, I'm really passionate about it because I was a woman, I was a single woman who was the sort of the right hand woman to our lead pastor helping to execute some of the work of the ministry. And it was Parakaleo that helped me remain um, rooted in my gospel identity as I was navigating some of the challenges of the so ministry. So you actually
0: experienced it, Yes, I, I say, as an outsider in the sense of not being inside the organization itself. Exactly. So you were reaping the benefits of the ministry.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Which is great, which makes me so passionate about doing this kind of work now and leading. So, now, so I took over as executive director back in 2020. So... answer your question, that was my first challenge. (laughs) I took over the ministry in 2020, the day after the the NBA shut down. And so stepping into leadership when the world was changing, where um, um, the world of church planning, there was so much disorientation and lack of clarity about how to move forward and trying to recreate a structure that would support that kind of system. So that would be the first challenge. Um, And then I would also say that I think helping our brothers understand the necessity of this ministry, that it's not just an extra thing that we could do, but it's actually a strategic initiative that helps church plants remain more sustainable, more healthy, and more engaging with communities if we take more of a team approach to the ministry, which means supporting sisters as well as brothers.
0: You know, I was just thinking about the early church in Acts. we have got Priscilla and Aquila. Yes. And they were so instrumental. And Paul just Mm -hmm. looked to them and gained so much encouragement for their dedication. Absolutely. And seeing how God used them in the church. And again, a a husband and wife team planting churches and doing the ministry of the gospel. So how do you get your message out? I mean, we're on this radio show right now telling folks about it, but how typically do you get the word out about this ministry?
1: Yeah, one of the things that we've been doing now is meeting with a lot of church planning network leaders or committee leaders of planting initiatives. So whether in our denomination, planning presbyteries or regional districts that are planting and um, helping them understanding their vision and their goals for church planning. And helping them see how supporting women during that work um, helps further their own goals. So the, one of the ways that we get that kind of thought leadership out is just meeting and normalizing having women in the room right from the start as they're designing strategies. You know, because we're church plants serve men and women, and so why not have women to help? Create a strategy because yeah. <laughs> you're certain because we're 50 percent of the population, and yes. not in a way that competes no, 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 or no. says anything about roles, right. but in a way that supports the work that's happening.
0: We'll be right back with more Mid South Viewpoint. With a woman to look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with the Point. According to NBC, Jesus has returned in a sort of online incarnation. Yes, you too can log on and talk to a cyber savior, a disembodied version of a white man who offers counsel on things ranging from the serious to the silly. Even setting aside how this likely violates the Second Commandment, this stunt typifies a central problem with contemporary religious thinking: recreating Jesus in our image, a program Christ built of nothing but the disparate thoughts of what we'd like him to be is literally an idol. If God is just our understanding of Him, there's not really a Him at all, but only our projection. It's kind of like that old SNL skit of Stuart Smalley affirming himself in the mirror. Seeking salvation from an AI chatbot is only a more technologically advanced version of picking and choosing which parts of the Bible and which parts of the faith we actually want to believe. But here's the problem. Salvation will never be found within. For the Colson set, I'm John Stonestreet. When you talk about supporting these women along with their husbands in ministry, what are some of the resources you're able to offer them?
1: Yes. So the way that we design our programs, we have two tracks. We have what are called just learning experiences, and this exposes women to a gospel-based framework for dealing with four cha- four common challenges, um, our calling. Women also have a, a particular call into this lifestyle of church planning in a way that has nothing to do with titles, but it's, it's actually embracing this sacrificial lifestyle of, of planting, of starting something new, of inviting people into your lives. So calling, the next one is community. Many women have to ask in church planning, who are my people now? Who can I depend on? Roles, and um, the last one is identity. Um, so our, these learning experiences are modules that that uh, address those four challenges, and then we also have what we call alongside groups, which are communities of women that help address the everyday issues that they're facing in a small group, facilitated by a leader, and they're they're part of a year long community. We offer them virtually, and we also offer them in person through our networks.
0: Okay, so seminars, conferences, things like that.
1: Uh, we don't. We actually don't have large group conferences because part of the secret sauce of paracleo is the deep relational nature of it right so we really know each other and walk alongside each other long term
0: i love this denina it's like a discipleship mentoring kind of thing come alongside as you say this what the title is paracleo so perfectly fits what you're doing
1: and what's distinct about that approach, that alongside approach, is that we're not standing in front of women as experts, telling them how to do things. We're not prescriptive about it. We're not giving her a checklist of the things that she needs yeah, to do yeah, better. Yeah. Rather, we're giving her a framework and a perspective that she can apply to any situation that she's facing, which means that one woman may deal with a situation very different from someone else, yes. and it's really being set with the spirit to discern what that is.
0: Danine, as you start walking with these women and start hearing their heart cry some of the, maybe the pain some yeah. of the issues they're facing what are you picking up what are they saying to you yeah I remember
1: talking to one woman that um, um, she and her husband held uh, like a, a, an interest meeting at their house and she said I felt I felt like everyone's eyes were on me and yet so unseen at the same time so a lot of women feel like they're the center of attention and, and, and everything rests on them, yet at the same time, they're not really known
0: and, so, know, and that's mm-hmm. interesting. give us stop there just for a second. Sure. A survey was taken among pastors' wives not in planting but just on ongoing. eighty percent in the survey felt alone.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and,
0: and we as in the congregants don't realize that oftentimes, you know, right. but we could potentially be in trouble, you know, in that, in a part of that cause. And that's within an established church, but we're talking here. I can't imagine if you're trying to build relationships and having that same kind of feeling mm-hmm. at the very beginning.
1: Exactly. And so women really need a supportive community outside the local chur- her local church where she can be honest, where she can really share about her struggles. And this refers whether she's the wife of the church planner or if she's a woman that's playing a strategic role, maybe she's a staff member that also needs a community of support for her as well. And so Paracleo offers that that kind of community.
0: So how much staff do you have? I mean...
1: Yeah, it's a good question. (laughs) We need about five people. We have about three. (laughs) And so like, like a lot of ministries and especially a ministry that's led by women, we work with what we have. And we have our two incredible staff members, a program director and operations manager. I'm the executive director. We just... Carry the work of the ministry, but in addition to that, we have an amazing team of leaders—about thirty-five leaders—located in twelve. I think now we're actually at about sixteen different countries right now. Oh,
0: so you really?
1: Yes, sir. So those leaders work in t- most of them work in tandem with some kind of local church planning network. So we provide them with support materials, resources, and then the network provides the infrastructure and accountability to do their to, to serve women in their in their context,
0: culture, and language. What has been some of the? Feedback as you reach out to some of these church planning groups, and maybe even through PCA, mm-hmm. as they discover what you're doing and what you have available. What's been their response?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we work, We started off in the PCA. We now work with different denominations, as I said, in different countries. I had, so here at our denominational convention, um, um, general assembly, I had a husband stop me yesterday and he started telling me how much Paracaleo had meant for his wife and their marriage. And he couldn't finish because he started choking up. And so we hear this over and over again. We've heard men say that Parakalil saved my marriage. We've heard women say I was about to give up. Yeah, so the stories are endless about the impact that it's made. And so I'm really thankful to our founders that had and carried this vision and for the work that our leaders are doing today.
0: Deneen, the enemy seeks to steal, kill and destroy. And he definitely doesn't want to see a new church plant.
1: That's right, that's right.
0: You know, and I can see providing that discouragement uh, mm-hmm. for the wife yes. you know she's got to be encouraged and, and not only that she's got to be encouraged for herself yeah. because she's created the image of God and she's called to the gospel and she's that's that's who she is as God's child that's right but God's given her a unique role in the way that she supports her husband there's something I think supernatural. That's <laughs> the, right. The guy does. Yeah. And he needs her. They need mm-hmm. each other, obviously. But there's something that, that she's able to provide mm-hmm. that he can't get anywhere else. Right. You know, and because that's in the home when he comes home and he's got to cry, you know, of course she has to hear a lot of this, too, for right. she's part of that. But I can see the value uh, of her having that encouragement from, right. from your ministry. Well, here you're meeting Pastors' wives, I'm assuming.
1: We're meeting all kinds of people. We're meeting um, the wives of church planners. We're meeting um, women who are committed to church planning, who dis- who made the decision to leave an established church, and regardless of who she's married to, are using their gifts to lead and to serve in that plant. We're meeting church planning network leaders oh. that are watching churches fail and fold because of the pressure on not just the planner, but the whole church planning team and who are saying, we want to plan a different way. We want to start with women in mind from the beginning.
0: Yeah. So, and you know, it's interesting too, because statistically speaking, so many pastors are leaving the ministry, Yeah. you know, all across all denominations, you Mm -hmm. know, the dynamic of ministry has changed quite a bit in the last few years, you know, even more so Christ is going to grow his church. He's going to establish his church. We know that. Um, So out of all of what you get to do, what's the favorite thing that you enjoy most?
1: Oh, it's my favorite thing. (laughs) That's so hard. I love, love, love meeting women. I love hearing their stories, hearing how the gospel um, transforms them. I love helping them process the struggles that they're going through um, in using, going back to the cross. Um, And I love talking to leaders, to female and male leaders that are, involved in this work and who are trying to create different structures. You know, when we think about the next generation coming up, a lot of the leaders don't want to do things the way that we've done them. I'm 50, I turned 50 this year. And Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> and But for the younger generation, they're not wanting to go in as solo church planners. They're wanting to go in as a team. And so they're looking for resources that are going to equip the whole team, men and women, um, so I love spreading that kind of thought leadership yep. and being a part of this new wave of church planning in our country.
0: Okay, when you first stepped into this role as the executive director of the ministry, I'm sure you had your ideas as you got into it and understood, but you already were part and had, had been a benefit, I understand that. Things changed when you actually, you know, you were the executive director. Yeah. What has God taught you <laughs> from that first time that you started your first day in that job to where you are today? Yeah. What has God taught Deneen?
1: I think one of the things that he's taught me is that my role as a leader is to be the, the chief believer, like it's the, the one that's going to believe God for big things. And I don't mean big things in terms of numbers and money and income, but to believe God for the impossible. And it's my job to cast that vision to the people around me and to lead for it in that. And I think the other thing that he's taught me is to be dependent, to be dependent on him but also to be dependent on the mostly women that, that, that I have around me. Um, I am not the smartest person on my team. Oh. And there are some meetings that I'm like, I don't know what to do, but you guys clearly do. And to be um, humble and grateful enough to just to depend on the wisdom of the women around me.
0: Well, I think that's a good word because a good leader knows how to distribute responsibilities yes. and realize it's not about them. And they're dependent upon a team to do what they do because it's part of the body. It's, it's the body of Christ working together. God's giving you all different giftings and, and how that can contribute to the ministry. Well, I just really, really love this. So somebody listening right now that's a pastor's wife, maybe a church planting pastor's wife, they had never heard of the ministry. How can they connect with you? How can they get yeah, involved? Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, if you are listening and you are a woman in church planning, so maybe you're the wife of the church planner, maybe you're a woman on a church planning team, maybe you're a lay leader, you can go to www.parakaleo.us. I imagine that might be in some show notes somewhere because yeah. it's a long, long word to spell. And hey, We'll go ahead and spell it out. Yeah, sure. It's P-A-R-A-K-A-L-E-O dot U-S. And... Take a look at our website, look at the offerings that we have. If you have a specific question, email us at our email address, and we would love to share some more information with you.
0: So, when you leave here in Memphis, where are you going to go next? Back to Huntsville?
1: I'm going to go back to Huntsville. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to stay there for a while, not traveling for a few, a month or so.
0: How do you think, Deneen, as you have been engaging this ministry as the executive director and working with women, how have you seen that maybe help you and your? relationship with your husband in his ministry.
1: Yeah. Well, we have a lot of overlap in what we do. So often, like just this convention, we're both here when we travel. Um, And we also refer people that we talk to, to each other. You know, if he sees that there's some overlap, he'll send them over to where I am, or we'll do an email introduction. Networking. So that's been networking. That's right. Um, And also, I think, but we're also very different in our approaches. And so we've had to learn to respect the way that the other partner does certain things in ministry and, and, and to just believe that God's going to, um, work things out in his way. So that's (laughs) been fun.
0: (laughs) Okay. So growing up in Queens, Mm -hmm. what was maybe some of the favorite dishes your mom cooked? taking you back. But i just was just curious. I was curious.
1: Ooh, one of the favorite dishes my mom cooked. Well, it's definitely not a, a Queens specific thing. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm
0: just talking about you grew up in Queens and that's yeah. where you were at the time. Okay. Your mom might be Italian. Maybe it was spaghetti. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it was
1: actually lasagna. That was my favorite Ooh, dish lasagna. that she used to make.
0: Well, this has been great. Now, before we leave, Paracleo, oh friend, I want you to connect with this ministry. Pray for this. Can you maybe give us a couple of prayer points before we say goodbye?
1: Sure. Um... Yeah. Would you please pray that that um, that as a church planning community we would embrace the idea that church planning takes a team, that it takes men and women um, to start churches that are going to bear lasting fruit. Also, would you pray that for God's provision for this ministry, um, we definitely need more staff members to be able to support the work of this ministry and advance it. And. If you would pray that God would raise up co-laborers that would be committed, that would be faithful, but that would also be wise in boundaries so that the ministry of church planning can be sustainable for them.
0: That is a great word. Denise. God bless you, my dear sister. Thank you so much for what you're allowing Christ to do in and through you, for his kingdom, for his glory. It's been our pleasure to have you here again at this convention is we're at the 2023 PCA Presbyterian Churches in America General Assembly here in downtown Memphis. Our pleasure to have you on the program.
1: Well, thank you so much, Byron, for the opportunity.
0: Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. We do appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for listening. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.